Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 141 and today we have Jesus' wisdom on stress and conflict and here's the funny thing or the unusual thing that when Jesus spoke about conflict and trouble he said yeah and I'm going to be the one that's going to be causing it just kind of a strange thing to say. It's from Luke 12. Listen to this paragraph. He says, I've come to start fire on this earth and I wish it were blazing right now and I've come to change everything and turn everything right side up and I long for it to be finished. Do you think I've come to smooth things over and make everything nice? No, no. I've come to disrupt and to confront So from now on, when you find in a house, people will be divided. Three against two, two against three. Yeah, it's an an unusual passage. It's really a passage that you would probably want to just skip over if you were reading it at home. Because it's basically a passage that he's saying, I have come to bring division in this world. I've come to bring, it's going to actually, it's just going to happen. People will divide on account of me. So we're going to be looking at that today and what it looks like. You know, when we look at scripture, these ancient documents, uh, they don't always leap off the page with great clarity. You know, you read a passage, it doesn't always just leap off the page, but there is something that we can often connect with. And that is how people react and respond to things. We can often begin to relate to a passage at this level. And I think this is the first time I've noticed this, that Jesus in this passage actually speaks about the stress of living in this world and how he feels this stress of living in this world. And, you know, even when life is going well for us, there's always you know, there's usually something that appears sooner or later that disturbs our peace, isn't there? I mean, it just goes hand in hand with being a human and living, I think, that there's always something lurking in the background, always a little bit trouble somewhere, and there really isn't any escaping it. And in this passage, Jesus speaks very plainly about his own stress, as well as the conflict that we will face in this world. But first I want to give you the context because the context is is that he's nearing the end of his life and he knows that his time is short. And he is aware that his enemies are closing in on him. Remember, Jesus had a lot of opposition, particularly the religious leaders of the day were opposed to his teachings. And at this point in his ministry and his outreach, he's beginning to feel the weight and the pressure of what's to come. You know what's going to come. Eventually, he's going to be crucified, right? And so we're nearing that time where his life will end. And in this, in this text, he speaks about... Let me just read it from another translation here. He says, I came 
to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. And he says, I have a baptism with which to be baptized. Now that word baptism just means immersed in the original language. So he says, I've come to be immersed in what stress I am until it's completed. He's talking about the reason he came here. He wants to complete the task that he came for. But nonetheless, that still carries weight. It carries stress. So there's mounting tension that he's feeling. Uh, and we can relate to this, not in the sense that we're headed toward the same end that Jesus had, but we can relate to mounting tension. We can relate to the potential of something up ahead that we would rather avoid, right? We can relate to being preoccupied with something that doesn't bring us peace, makes us anxious. This word, actually, the word stressed, in the original language, remember the New Testament was written in New Testament Greek. It means, uh, that word stressed means uh, you're trying to hold it together. You're trying to hold it together. Soon echo is the word. And it means when, it, when Jesus says, I'm stressed, it's like I'm trying to hold this together. When I think about what lies ahead, it distresses me. Now, we don't often think about Jesus being stressed, do we, or distressed. This reminded me a little bit of what we spoke about last week when we, when we looked at what being a person of great faith was. Remember that last week we, we noted that Abraham and Sarah were on a long list of people of, in Hebrews 11, of people of great faith. And remember, we looked at their lives and it was like they had so many mistakes and so many weaknesses and so many errors. And, you know, it's like, how can they be lifted up as people of great faith? And it was simply because it wasn't about, faith wasn't about never, ever making errors, never making mistakes, never messing up. It was more about, do you have that capacity to trust? Ultimately, are you willing to trust? Well, so just as we sometimes get the impression that you can't be a person of great faith if you make mistakes, this passage in a, in a similar way reminded me that, yeah, you can be distressed and you can be in conflict and still be trusting God right? I mean, Jesus is our model. So following Christ, you still remain human with all your emotional ups and downs. So not only is Jesus under, under pressure, but he also goes on to say, um, you're going to be under pressure too living in this world. This is the way it is. This is a part of life. Remember, he goes on to say, you know, don't think I've come to bring peace. No, no, no. There's going to be division. Division's going to happen. Which is a curious thing to say, but it makes sense when you think about it. Um, wherever there are two or three people, there's two or three opinions. 
There are right ways to do things that are wrong ways. There are helpful things to say and do that are unhelpful things to say and do. So you're always going to get these different um, points of view and perspectives. And, and of course, when people are grouped together and they have differing opinions, there's divisions, right? It happens in families, it happens in companies, it happens in groups, it happens in churches, friendships, whatever. Conflict happens all the time. We're familiar with this. Failed marriages and partnerships. Uh, siblings not getting along. Um, people at work who bully you. Yeah, it's a common thing, right? Common, common thing. And so Jesus never sugar-coated things. He was always very, very plain. Yes, in the world, you're going to have trouble. Now, by the way, the first people that he was speaking to, the very first disciples, he warned them that they would be persecuted. And they were. A couple thousand, couple, uh, thousand years ago, you, you, in Jesus' day, you could die for following Christ. Actually, not just 2,000 years ago. I think there's over 50 countries today that you can't be a follower of Christ without fear of persecution. I mean, that's still a real thing. It's just because we're here in North America or in the West, we don't think about this very much because it's not something that we grapple with on a daily basis, but there are many, many places that you can't, openly say that you're following Christ. So the first, the first people that Jesus would give this teaching to when he, when, he took, when he spoke about conflict, when he spoke about persecution, when he's saying, you know, there's a possibility that you'll die if you follow me. Yeah, many of them did. Many of them did. Uh, today, that's not going to happen to us. The chances are we are not going to die for our faith. I mean, our experience, uh, if we're going to be persecuted at all, it's going to come and uh, it's going to be more subtle. It's going to be a more subtle form of persecution or discomfort, right? You might not be affirmed for doing the right thing, whether it's in your home or even in your family, or with your extended family. You might not be affirmed for it. You might be just dismissed as irrelevant. You might be misunderstood. You might be ignored or not taken seriously. You know, Jesus is saying, this is a part of your life when you follow me, which means that you're going to begin to learn how to speak the truth. When you begin to learn, when you start to truly speak your truth, division happens. You know, when you think about it, much of the time that when we don't speak what is true, it's because we don't want the hassle, right? We don't want the trouble. But... Jesus teaches, no, it's always worthwhile to be true to yourself, even if it's going to cause trouble. This is what he modeled for us. So he says, don't think that I've come to, you know, 
smooth over the peace, which isn't peace. I've come to bring division. In other words, it's kind of an invitation to think about our relationships and ponder this, mull over this. How does God influence our relationships? How does God influence the way that we conduct ourselves in this world? Now we might not often we might not necessarily consider God guiding us in relationships until they cause us pain. <laughs> you know, if everyone if everything is going well, we might just sort of be, you know, going along and everything's fine and everything's fine at the workplace, everything's fine in the family, everything's fine with my friends. It's usually when things are not going well that we might start to seriously think about our relationships in the light of our spiritual walk. That's, you know, that's when we're likely to be praying. It's like, okay, you know, what is it, what is it, what, how are you guiding me here, God? This, this relationship is, is a, it's causing me pain. It's causing me pain. It's causing me a lot of stress. It's, it's, it's distressing to me. You know, that's when we would start to be praying usually, isn't it? And then the guidance says, yeah, well, okay. For Jesus, it's always this. We have to learn to be true and honest. It doesn't mean to say that we can't be kind, right? But we do have to learn honesty. Um, The way of God is always honest. And ultimately, it's going to lead to some sort of healing at some time, we confront the problem, we speak up, we expose something, we leave, actually. That could be something that you're led to do. Or we demand something, that change, something needs to change here. That could be the leading of God. And yes, when we're going to be that bold, sometimes things get worse before they get better. To be expected, Jesus would say, yeah. To be expected. Doing the right thing can get you into a lot of trouble. But the worst thing that you can do is ignore something. The worst thing you can do is just ignore something. Jesus always confronted. He was always speaking out the truth and confronting. This is his life story. You'll see this pattern as you start to read his interactions with people in the New Testament. He's confronting all the time. He's speaking the truth all the time. You know, sometimes immediately, you know, it makes a great difference in someone's life and, and, and they're healed. And sometimes they get really offended and walk away. So it's both, right? But this is Jesus' life story. He's, he's always modeling this. Yes, was he loving and compassionate? Absolutely, but he was completely honest, which got him into a lot of trouble. But this is what he teaches. You know, if you follow me and if you do what's right, don't be surprised if you get into trouble. And, you know, the higher the dysfunction, by the way, in the family or the church or the community group or the workplace, the higher dis- the dysfunction, the more trouble you may find yourself in. 
I know it's strange, but you know, you could be in a lot of trouble and be absolutely right on target. Yeah, this is the way it works. You could be, I mean, I've seen this with, with pastors going into churches. They're absolutely right on target and they're doing the right thing. And yet, there's a, they, they're, complete, they're hassled all the time and they're in trouble all the time for doing the right thing. You've probably seen it too in your workplace as you look at people and watch their lives, right? You're not always affirmed for doing and saying the right thing. But I think that this passage is a passage that, you know, is sort of a warning passage, right? It's an invitation to think about our closest relationships. Our whole life is built upon relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with ourself, which is so very important. Uh, life is built on our relationships with those around us. It's a key area in terms of our personal happiness and growth and fulfillment and wholeness and our capacity to reach out to others. Uh, relationships have a lot of power in our lives. They either build us up and nurture us and free us, or, you know, you get in a bad relationship, oh boy, what a mess, right? They keep people down, they can hold us back, they can diminish us, people can control us, people can deplete us, just worry us all the time. So it's really not surprising that Jesus spent so much time teaching about relationships and how God can lead us into new ways of relating. Whether it's with the family or whether it's with friends or whether it's in the workplace, doesn't really matter. With their children, doesn't really matter. But again, when we're truly open to God's influence, it's going to change the way we relate. It's going to change the way we relate. Um... We're not going to be critical and judgmental because it's just not God's way, right? We're not going to be completely self-serving and that everything has to revolve around me. Why? Because it's not God's way. We're not going to be passive-aggressive. It's not God's way or manipulative. Yeah, we're not going to be jealous. We're not going to be unforgiving. Now, do we have all of these tendencies within us? Of course we do, and some of us have more than others, but this is what transformation is all about. When we are being guided by God, uh, we're not doing what comes naturally to us or what was modeled by our caregivers, right? We're not going to do that. Or we're not going to just say nothing and keep the peace, which isn't true peace anyway. It's just avoidance. So being open to God is about being open to truth. And that's what changes us. That kind of courage. That kind of truth changes us. That kind of openness. That openness, that willingness is so very important in Jesus' teaching. Some of us might need humility 
in a relationship, which looks like, wow, so wrong. So wrong. Some of us might need courage because we're dealing with a bully. Some of us might need uh, forgiveness because we've been so hurt. We all need different things, right? But Jesus warns us, yeah, well, he says, you know, you can read the weather. You know what the dark clouds mean, right? So, yeah, read the times. Don't pretend nothing's wrong. Face what you need to face and make the changes that you need to make, right? If you can read the weather, you can <laughs> read what's going on in your life and make the changes. Just don't put your, you're not the ostrich that puts your head in the sand, right? Yeah, William Loder says, he's a theologian, Australian theologian, he said, Jesus is not driving a wedge between family and the kingdom of God, but he is indicating a conflict of interest. I like that, that whole idea of Jesus isn't coming deliberately to bring trouble. He's saying, hey, sometimes there's a conflict of interest here that the better way God's way isn't always affirmed by people around you, even your closest people. So the passage is a challenge. It's one of these challenging passages. It's like, okay, what is it going to be? Is it going to be, are you going to continue to do life as you've always done it? Or are you ready for the change that God can bring? Are you open to God's disturbing, are you open to God disturbing the peace in your life, which isn't really peace anyway, right? But it's like, are you open, are you open to the spirit of God disturbing you, shaking you up a little bit so that ultimately you can be free and find a fuller life? I mean, ultimately it's going to give you more freedom, right? I've come to bring division Jesus said, but ultimately, sometimes we need to divide away from certain people, certain things, certain situations, something within ourselves. Nobody wants trouble, but sometimes trouble is <laughs> sometimes trouble is a part of the healing, in other words. You can't really avoid the discomfort. It's like the cleaning of the wound, isn't it? You know, you have a wound, you have to wash it and clean it, and it's painful. Yeah, well, you can't really get to the healing until you wash it and clean it and go through that pain, and then ultimately the healing comes. So it's like, God, help me. This is the prayer and the heart, heart cry, really. Help me not avoid what I need to... If I need to face something, help me not avoid that let me look at things straight on as you did help me to speak the truth honestly and directly as you did and let me see what I need to divide away from that's the prayer that's the heart cry well thank you for joining me you have been listening to Celtic Preacher join with me again next week for another episode.